I never thought a pastor have fear, but I just noticed that he's walking in fear. I will treat you nicely, brother. God is good. And um, yeah, I want to honor Pastor Gary and his wife. Uh, they are here 27 years, more or less. Tell you what, it's not every day you find people that uh, will stay faithful for that long. Um, <clears throat> we all have mountaintops, we all have valleys, and they are still here. So uh, I, I told my wife yesterday when we came out, yes, give, them, give God praise for them. Um, I said to Naomi yesterday, the, the Lord took us over the globe. I am very blessed to, to have officials from the Church of God and the Assemblies of God to be my friends in, in head office. They spoke in our upper room conferences. And um, God has blessed me to go to that level of leadership. But you know what? It is the local church like this that is the backbone of the church. It's not the mega churches. It's the churches in the valleys and in the rural areas uh, globally that is the backbone of the church and um, that's why i will never forget 1997 when i came to this country the first time uh, kind of unwilling uh, not willing to come and um, and this was one of the first churches that opened up in fact ohio was a key state so that's why i'm grateful and just want to honor this couple before we're going to go into the Word, um, Friday night I spoke about the footprint of Mary Magdalene. Last night I spoke about redigging the wells of Abraham. This morning I'm going to talk to you about Catch Peter. But before we're going to go into the Word, I want to um, ask you for another huge favor. Um, and Pastor, thank you for emphasizing the offerings. Um, church, with the upper room and the global gathering, to just give you a little insight. To bring 193 nations together uh, is the current dream, not in my heart, only in the heart of others. And to make that happen is going to cost us a lot, but it can influence 1 billion people. There's 7.6 billion people in the world. And we have access to leaders. In Nigeria, there's one church praying under one roof, and there sits a million people under one roof praying. So we want to bring these generals into the kingdom of God and trust the Lord for a global outpouring. But what I want to ask you this morning, and we're going to try and do this as quick as possible, and then I'm going to go right into the word. I want to ask you today to partner with us for two months. And the two months will be December this year and January next year. Why? I will be in Africa for eight weeks. And I haven't been there for two years because of COVID. COVID is still uh, not under control. I lost my brother-in-law January this year. I lost a dear friend of mine in March this year. We've lost several other people. Um, I just uh, saw this morning they reckon that in a country of 55 million, 260,000 people died of COVID. Just in a country the size of Texas. Um, but I'm going there December the 3rd, and I want to ask you to partner with us. The reason is simple. Um, when we leave America, we have no income. And um, we ask people to help us for two months only. If you can help us, uh, would you be so kind and raise your hand real quick, and somebody will give you a little card, and you just fill it in for us real quick. 
then I don't need to pick it up after the service. So if you can help us for December, January, would you please fill this in? Um, and brothers, just give it to them. There's a gentleman right in the back that needs one. Uh, on the card, there is a little number that you need to fill in. Fill in your number. Whatever you fill in is per month. That gives us a good indication of what can come in. I will not be here when it comes in. I'll be in Africa, but my daughter will uh, let me know what is coming in. And uh, if you want to give a little bit bigger than what the numbers is on the card, you can just write it down. Remember, it's per month. There's a gentleman on the left-hand side, sir, uh, on your right hand. There's somebody there. Um, thank you. Would you please fill it in right now? Write in English, not Greek or Hebrew. Um, otherwise, we will not understand it. Uh, again, if you want to receive mail on the upper room and the global thing that's going to come, put in your email address, uh, and you will hear from us regarding that. But otherwise... You will only get two letters. You will get actually two letters per month. You will get a four-page brochure, December and January, and you will also get a personal letter from me uh, included in the four-page brochure where I'm just thanking you for your contribution. Um, in the next week, you will get a welcome letter that will just say you are a two-month partner, and then you will not hear from us again. December we will, will be the first time you hear from us again. Thank you. Uh, for giving me a few minutes for this, but this is crucial. Pastors tells me wherever we go, this is a great way of not putting a burden on people forever, but just for a month or two. Thank you for helping us. Fill it in right now. The moment you finish, tear off that little piece at the end there. On your right-hand side of the card, there's a piece that you can tear off. Uh, keep that in your Bible. Raise your hand, and we'll pick it up. I think it's better for us to do it right now and get it over and out. Then I don't need to, uh, if God, if the meeting goes longer, then at least we don't need to rush to the foyer to get the cards. Um, thank you. Uh, wh what is her name again that makes the food every night for us? Bridget. You need to give Bridget a good hand. I'll tell you what. If you ever, if you ever want somebody to come in and prepare food, get Bridget. She is the best. And thank you, Bridget. I remember you since 97. And you are one of those faces that is just in our hearts forever. And then some of these people sitting here. Thank you. If you raise your hand when you're done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tear off the little piece. Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate you, Ravenna. Um, you are a very, very supportive and a very faithful church. And we, I don't know how to thank you. Um, Thank you, ma'am. Uh, thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, y your wife. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, sir. I just don't blame you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite usher. He cannot speak to you unless he pressed the little button. He invited me last night to press the button. I say, no way, I don't touch, I don't touch that. It, it doesn't sound right. Amen. <laughs> But uh, he's a blessing. Raise your hand if you're done, and uh, we, will, we will rush over to get it. Uh, Pastor Gary, did you fill in a card? You really need to give something into this, Pastor. Please. You did fill it in? I'm going to check your number. I will not check your numbers, but I will check his. Shh, shh, I'm the speaker, okay? Shh, shh. <laughs> okay, 
Is there anybody still busy? Just raise your hand and we will wait on you. Uh, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so everybody done now? Uh, that must be a huge number that's coming in there because it's normally the ones that's the bigger numbers that take so long. Uh, brother, brother Usher, just wait for that man. It's a very important one. <laughs> He reminds me of Laurel and Hardy, this guy. <laughs> if you guys don't know, if you know Laurel and Hardy, then you must be very old. The younger generation has no clue what I'm talking about. Okay, is everybody done now? Uh, are you done, ma'am, Sheriff's wife? I don't know your name, but I still remember Sheriff. <laughs> okay, here's another one here in front. These, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, sir, you can just collect all the cards and everybody done now. Give yourself a good hand. Okay, praise the Lord. Church, I said to Pastor Gary this morning, and I, I've said it several times before. The day when I'm done with ministry, and I don't know when that will be, one of the things that I will thank the Lord the most for is that I do not receive offerings anymore and ask people to help us in situations like this. Um, there was a time that I had a business and I had my own income. And I traveled the world preaching the gospel. And I would tell you what, sometimes I feel like I don't want to ask people to help us. Because uh, maybe it's pride in my heart. And I need to get rid of that. But it's a tough thing to ask people to help. But on the other hand... We cannot get the kingdom, uh, we cannot spread the news globally without the help of people. So I want to thank you, uh, and uh, God bless you. If you feel like you made a mistake, come to me after the service. I'll give you your card back, and I'll give you a sloppy kiss. Just to thank you. I, Church, I'm serious. I want to leave with your friendship, not your money. If I found out somebody's offended, I'll take your card out and tear it up. And I'll send you a love letter and bless you. It's not about money. It's about friendship. And uh, okay. I want to talk to you about Catch Peter. How many of you know that we all need to get into the grip of the Holy Ghost? Everybody say, I need to be in the grip of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. And I'm going to talk real fast. And I hope you will understand because I do have an accent. But, um, and, and I've told you many times, this is the way we will speak in heaven. So if you want to go to heaven, you want to get used to heaven, you better listen now. I believe Jesus spoke like this. And uh, amen. Hallelujah. With my faith, it will be done. Now, I want to talk to you about Peter. And you're going to hear the name Peter a lot. And you will, you will find out that, that, that when the Lord focuses on you, he will prompt you all the time. He will prompt you all the time. In uh, Matthew verse 16 to, uh, and 15 to 18, it says, And he said to them, but, he, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, but Jonah, for flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Why does Jesus say, Flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven? You must understand, you know who Christ is. You know that he is the Son of God. But in those days, they were waiting on the Messiah. 
And for Peter to say, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, was profound. And um, then Jesus said also, you name, your name is Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So that was a powerful thing Jesus said to Peter. But when he said to him, you are this rock, and I will build my church on this rock, he did not mean he will build his church on the name Peter. He said, I will build my church on the fact that you have a revelation. I am Christ, the Son of the living God. So a church that does not have revelation has nothing to build on. You cannot build on Logos. You must build on the revelatory word of God. So this is Peter. Now I want to show you a glimpse out of the past of Peter. Then I'm going to give you a glimpse of the future of Peter. And then I'm going to go back to the middle and show you where God got a hold of him. Because Peter, you know, sometimes people know of the Lord without knowing the Lord. And many times we as Christians, we know a lot of things about the Lord, but our relationship is not really strong with the Lord. So here we have Peter, and he's, in the, he's, he's close to the Lord Jesus. He walks with him. He talks with him. And he's a Christian. He's a follower of Christ. But in the process of following Christ, we find that Peter was actually rash, hasty, and an irritable man. Yeah, that's Peter. He said, oh, thank God I am not like that. Be careful. He was rash, hasty, irritable, a man of anger, but at times he was firm and loving. Can you see that his whole character is kind of flip-flopping? I think he was a politician at that time. It just came to me right now. It must be the Lord. In Luke chapter 22, we find Peter denying Jesus three times. That's huge. He's supposed to be a Christian, but he denies Jesus three times. Can you see what I mean by a Christian, but he's not in the grip? God does not have a grip on him. In Matthew 14, when he asked Jesus to walk on water... He sank, and Jesus called him a man of little faith. Wow. God does not call him a man of faith, little faith. And sometimes that's where we walk. We are people of little faith, and God says, I would prefer to call you a man and a woman of faith. But he was operating in little faith. We know the story in Matthew 26 where Jesus was in Gethsemane just before the crucifixion. He asked Peter to pray, and every time he comes back, he finds them asleep. These are all negative things I found about Peter, and oh, I love it to find all the boo-boos he made, because he's in heaven. He can do me no harm. In Mark chapter 10, verse 13 to 16, we find Peter not good with children. Yeah, I tell you what, if you, don't, if you fail children, we can never approve you for ministry. 
I mean, if Peter had done these things in the Assemblies of God days and he wanted to go into the ministry, they will not approve him. You're not going to approve somebody that want to go into ministry and he denied Christ openly. Come on. I'm showing you the character of the man that God had a different dream about. Aren't you glad that God's dream over your life is not influenced by all your boo-boos? Come on. I heard somebody's cell phone go off there. Don't answer the text now. When you go to Luke chapter 5, you will find out, or, and when you study the word, you will find out that Peter was catching fish overnight because he had a tax problem. Yeah? Come on. His taxes was not paid. So, and then, you know, like I said, he was an irritable man. And even with his wife, he was an irritable man. But now, when you go to the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, that's where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened in chapter 2. And in the book of Acts, you will find that the Bible calls Peter or referred to him as the chief apostle. Wow. Chief apostle. Many times when the Bible talks about the 12 disciples, they will mention, the Bible will mention the name of Peter first. Peter, James, and John. When Jesus invited three men to the house of death, he invited Peter, James, and John. He did not invite the other nine. But when he invited the three, he mentioned Peter first. That's very significant. So he was, uh, he was the leader of the twelve. And in the book of Acts, chapter 2, we know the story. When the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came, what happened? There was a speaker there. There was a preacher there. And the first preacher on the day of Pentecost was Peter. 3,000 came to the Lord. Wow. Is this the man that denied Christ? Is this the man that sit on a church pew? Yes, sir. 3,000 came to the Lord. In Acts chapter 3, phenomenal story. It was the hour of prayer. Everybody came to the temple. There was a man sitting at the gate of the temple. They put the man at the gate of the temple. The man was paralyzed. And they put him there to ask money. The Bible is very open. Clearly, the Bible says, they brought the man to ask arms. It doesn't say they brought the man to pray. It was the hour of prayer. They, they used the hour of prayer to bring somebody to ask for money at the gate. Peter came. He showed up. He's now at the gate. What did he do? He gave the man, man no money. He says, silver and gold I do not have. He was, what he's actually saying is the offerings has not been good lately. That's a little bit of humor. He said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have. Same sentence. You see, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have. Can you see how confident he is now? He's now more confident of the power of the Holy Spirit in his life than anything else. He says, but what I do have in the name of Jesus, he doesn't ask him, do you want it? He's, he's, he decided, come on, we, we need to get that kind of authority where we give the people what they need, not what they want. Amen. 
In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man went with him into the temple, and they praised the Lord. Wow. So Peter cleaned up the gate of the temple. What is the purpose of preaching resurrection power in the pulpit, but the gate is polluted with, with paralyzed people? There's a, a huge sermon right there. We need to clean up the temple of our churches, of the gates of our churches, so that the gates of our churches is in alignment with what we preach from the pulpit. Peter did that. You also notice that Peter wrote 1 Peter and 2 Peter. I mean, he's responsible for two books in the Bible. Chief Apostle. Phenomenal. How did it happen? Let's go to Luke chapter 5. And Luke chapter 5, and I will, I will just touch here and there, because there's a lot of revelation here, but I'm not going to cover it all, because I, I want to go to John chapter 21. Everybody say, God wants to catch me. I call this thing Catch Peter. You can say Catch Andre, Catch Gary. Put your own name in there. Catch me, Lord. Catch me. In Luke chapter 5, we saw a story of how they did not catch fish that day. And uh, it was a bad day at the office for fishermen. And verse 2 says, And Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake. Fishermen had gone washing their nets. Jesus saw an everyday picture of fishermen that washing their nets because they caught no fish. Cannot pay my taxes. Peter told all night. And Peter said to, uh, Jesus said to Peter in that, in that uh, uh, chapter, he says, he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. Now, I don't want to talk about Simon's boat and the other boats, because Simon's boat was normally the bigger boat. He was the bigger businessman. He had partners with him in this fishing industry. Was, it, it, later on, you can read it for yourself. They were disciples, and they were partners with Peter. What does Jesus do? He got into the main boat. He got into the bigger businessman's boat. Jesus was Jewish. He knows how to generate finances for missions. And I can, I can really minister a lot about that, the bigger boat. Because there's other uh, scriptures where the Bible says Jesus got into the boat and all the little boats sailed with him. So the little boats followed the bigger boat, but Jesus was in the bigger boat. And... Um, and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat of Peter. And then verse, that's all. Just verse 3 says, he taught the people about his kingdom from the boat of Peter. That's all. Jesus knew that that boat was never built to be a pulpit. But Jesus decided, now that Peter gave me his boat, his business, his idea, his dream, and I can make it a pulpit, I'm willing to show him something in his business world he has never seen before. Peter was a professional fisherman. The boat was made out of wood, which speaks of humanity. The boat was a design by man. Jesus never built the boat. We all have boats. We all have ideas. We all have visions. We all have dreams. We all have structures. It comes from God. God gives us a brainchild, and we build something. But sometimes we need God to come into our brainchild and bless it and fill it up for what it was built for. He had a boat, caught no fish, so the boat did not serve the purpose. Jesus said to Peter, let's, he said to Simon in verse 4, he said to Simon, remember there's other disciples as well, but he talks to Simon Peter. He addresses Simon Peter. Why? Because Jesus already saw Simon Peter 
in the book of Acts. Jesus knew he's a denier, and Jesus knows he's not good with children. And Jesus knows he's an ear cutter, and Jesus, Jesus knows a lot of stuff about him. But Jesus sees him in the book of Acts, and Jesus decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prompt him. I'm going to prompt him all the time. Watch this. Launch into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. That's what Jesus said. What he's saying to Peter is, take me into your world, take me into the ocean, and I will show you something about your world that you've never seen before. Can you hear me? Do I speak too fast? Okay, my English is really good these days. The word catch means to capture alive. How many of you know, you always hear about fishermen that lost their, fi their fish. They, they had it, they catch it, but then they lost it. But, uh, but they caught it. No, you haven't caught anything unless, if it slips away, you never caught it. Come on. But Jesus said, let's go for a catch. Now, in your life and in my life, this every day, God can give us catches. You can get a, uh, in your business, in your world, in your, uh, God needs to give you a grip on things that could slip away in the past, even financially. I pray that God will bless you with things that slipped away out of your hands in the past. Let's not go there. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've told all night, we caught nothing we, call, we toiled all night. Why did he toil all night? He had a tax problem. And that was the last night he can make up the taxes. The Romans is coming. They want their taxes. Peter had an argument with his wife because he's kind of lukewarm. Because his wife said to him, you are not the Peter that I married. Come on. How many of you know sometimes we, you have bedroom talk? <laughs> bedroom talk is when the missus take over the conversation. Mm, Gary's laughing very nervously now. Come on. I would love to be a fly on the wall when Kathy takes over. Oh, my goodness. And he will just say, yeah, 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 yes. What do you, how much money do you want? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> But Simon answered and said, we've told or not, we caught nothing. But watch what Simon says. He says, at your word, I will lay down the net. At your word, Jesus, at your word, I will lay down the net. Now remember, previous verse, Jesus said, take nets, plural. Peter said, I will take a net, singular. He, he changes God's word thinking God will not notice it. If God says nets, you already have something in mind you want to bring to you. Why will you take one net? Dumb. I don't want to, there's so much here. I can talk about it for a long time. And when they had done this, they caught, uh, they caught a great number of fish. And there, 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 plural, there, net, singular. How dumb can you be if you're 20 people in one boat and you take one net? How can 20 people, come on expand your vision and their net was breaking i love it you see god's name is al shaddai which means more than enough you you cannot take one net and bring al shaddai with you go on if you take god with you change how many nets and they signal to the other partner in the other boat to come and help them but remember there was two boats in the beginning jesus saw two boats standing by the lake fishermen god washing their net let me just say something about that. God knows everyday scenes in your life that doesn't look good. 
He knows what kind of car stands in your driveway. And it doesn't look good. He knows that when you go, he's going to the front door of your house, it doesn't look good on the inside. He knows everything. He knows everyday scenes. He saw two boats standing by the lake, fishermen gone, washing. Jesus saw that. I love it. Jesus loves everyday scenes out of my everyday life and is ready to do something about my everyday needs in my everyday life. He's the God of my fishes. Thank you for that, amen. Can you do it five times every minute, please? Because I need to get some, some response here this morning. Okay. And uh, now watch this. So now both boats sink. Watch this. Both boats sink. Both structures sink. Now, it's not about the fish. It's a, there's a bigger purpose behind all of these things that happen here. Jesus is after Peter. Peter is chasing fish. But G and the disciples, they chase the fish. Jesus already decided, I, I'm going to give them fish. But I am actually after Peter. Because I see in the book of Acts that he's my preacher on the day of Pentecost. I see him in Acts 3 cleaning the gates of the temple. I see him writing 1 Peter, 2 Peter. I see him in the book of Acts. And today, and today is the day that I'm going to get a grip on Peter. God will mess with your fish and your everyday needs so that he can get a grip on you. Come on. Now watch this. And both, both sink. So, so now watch this. All the fish came into the boat and both boats sink. That tells me that what God brought into the boat was more than what their structure, their dream, their brainchild, their thinking can carry. Now what do you call the fish? You call it God's goodness. God's, it's God's goodness. It's God's kindness. So God's goodness came into the boat and they could not. I pray that God will bring a weight into your boat. Your, thank you for your excitement. This is really overwhelming. Those people in the back, just sit down. Gallery, sit down, please. I'm not done yet. Always have a problem with my gallery crowd. Very lively. Where's, where's Gary's brother? I mean, now watch this man. He sings with such passion. Have you seen him? But when I preach, he's quiet. I mean, it, brother, you need, you need to be passionate in the pews where nobody sees you. Amen. Your wife is sitting next to you. I hope she gets a hold of you when you do bedroom talk. Mm. Okay. Now watch this. Watch this. Verse 8. When Simon Peter, there is the name Simon Peter again. You see, it's all about Simon Peter. When Simon Peter saw it, the Bible does not say when Mark saw it, when John saw it, when Luke saw it. They were all in the boat. When Simon Peter saw it, the scriptures recording Simon Peter all the time. Why? Because here's the focus. But when the Holy Ghost comes into this meeting today, he makes you the focus. There was a time in my life that I, and even today, that I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit all the time, all the time, all the time. Why? Because God sees me somewhere in my future, and he's trying to get my attention today. Now watch this. The Bible says, when he saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, depart from me, and he said, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. So now he confessed sin. Yeah, he is a sinful man. 
when you, ch when you check that character, check all the boxes of the character, the, the first thing that I said about Peter, he's a sinner. He's a sinful man. He said, I'm a sinful man. And now he's saying to the Lord, just get out of my boat. Why? When Peter saw the goodness of God, come on. It doesn't say when Peter saw the curse of God. When, when Peter saw how good God is, he felt like a sinner. And, uh, and then Jesus said to him, and, and, and verse 10 says, And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. So they were all there. Can you see it? They were all there. So now the Bible mentioned who was there in the boat, but it's not about them. It's about Peter. It's about Peter. Catch Peter. And, um, and they were all astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. But now Jesus said to them, and also with James and John, the son of Zebedee. But now Jesus said in verse 10, the latter part, he says, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Wow. Now watch this. First, Jesus allowed them to catch the fish. He's just standing there on the side of the boat. He's just watching this whole thing. Jesus already knew what's going to happen. He knew the fishes will now come because he's God. He's creator. He's sovereign. He can do any miracle. He knew. He knew this is the greatest moment. This is the moment that something miraculous is going to happen. Watch this. He watched how they caught the fish and how they shout and how they try to pull the fish in. Great excitement. They could not believe what comes out of the water. And just when Jesus got their attention, come on, when they caught all that fish, Jesus got their attention. Because they saw fish they've never seen before with one catch. And Jesus said, from now on, first God will get your attention, then he will make a statement. From now on, we will catch men. You see, God's purpose from the beginning was to catch men, not fish. The gospel, God will take care of your fish and your butter and your crackers and your meat, what you need every day. But for God, it is, it is actually about the bigger picture. Catch men. You see, he's Jewish. He knows how to get the money. Fish here is money. If you catch the ocean, don't eat the whole ocean. Peel. You're going to die. You cannot. They could not. Why? The moment they caught the fish, Jesus his taxes. Jesus paid his taxes. And now watch this. There's three catches. They caught the fish. Jesus said, we're going to catch men. But I want to show you the other one. Right in the middle, there's another catch. The moment Peter brought all that fish in, Jesus stood there. And I think Jesus said, I have just caught Peter. I've got him. He's my chief apostle. He think he caught fish. I'm going to tell them we're going to catch men. But before I could tell Peter and to convince him that we're going to catch men, I had to catch him. I just caught him. He doesn't know it yet. I caught God will sometimes give you a grip on something just to get a hold of you. Come on. 
Because he caught Peter. There's three catches. Let's go to John chapter 21. That was my introduction. Hallelujah. Are you excited about the introduction? It was good. I'll try to, I'll try to rush this. We are now in John chapter 21. It's the last chapter before the book of Acts. Come on. The book of Acts is where the Holy Spirit is poured out in chapter 2. The book of Acts is where Peter started to preach. The book of Acts is where he cleaned the gates of the temple. But now we're in John chapter 21. It's a final chapter before the book of Acts. Jesus was resurrected. Forty days later, he will go back to the Father. Jesus, God the Father allowed 40 days for Jesus to be on the earth so that everybody can see that's the Son of God. He was resurrected from the dead. That's the Son of God. He was resurrected from the dead. That's the Son of God. He was resurrected. From, why? So that the world can never say the body was stolen. But now Jesus is excited because these disciples, these old Bible school students, and, and they are now in their final year. And, and it's now John chapter 21. And Jesus is going to do a final check on his disciples because Jesus knows my hour has come that I will go to my father. But I need to make sure that I leave my church in the right hands. I need to make sure that my chief apostle is at the right place. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with my chief chief apostle now john chapter john chapter 21 uh, this 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 makes me so excited so it says there in john chapter 21 verse 4 but when the morning had now come jesus stood on the shore yet the disciples did not know that it was jesus he's standing on the shore it's going to be the third time that he will appear to his disciples after he was resurrected acts 2 is coming watch this and jesus said to them children do you have any food i love jesus he will love Ravenna Church. If Jesus was alive today on earth, he would have come to this church every month for a week. Because he knows what happened after the meetings. You get food. Jesus said, do you have food, children? Don't you love this? And he, they answered him, no. They don't know who he is. He's standing there on the shore. And he said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some Wow, you need Jesus in your life. Because sometimes you cast to the, to the right and you cast to the right and Jesus says, hey, 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 just go to the other side. It's right there. How many of you know that you and I can sometimes miss a blessing with almost one inch? We need Christ to say, go a little bit to the right and you will catch the ocean. You are this close to your greatest catch. But you need me to be on the shore of your life to direct you. Oh, there's another little servant sitting there, right there. Cast the net to the right to the boat, and you will find some. And they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude. When Jesus is involved, you can never carry the weight. His glory is weighty. His, his provision is, is overwhelming. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, now that is, uh, said to Peter. So that's John. Now he's, he's talking to Peter there in the boat. And he's talking to Peter. He's talking to Peter. There's Peter again. We cannot get written, uh, rid of the name Peter. Uh, and he said to him, it is the Lord on the shore. It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard this, it was the Lord. He put his outer garment uh, back on him. And before he had removed it, and he plunged into the water. But the other disciples came into the little boat. There's the little boat. 
came in a little bit for they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubics, dragging the net with fish. So now they drag the net. Oh, they drag the goodness of Christ. They drag the provision of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for your excitement. Jesus. I'm so excited you're not. Are we? Are you Pentecost? Okay, then as soon as they had come to the land, then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals and fish laid on it bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have caught. So here they come, they are now at the land. There's a fire and there's already fish on the fire and bread. Jesus loved toast. You say, how do you know that? Why will he put bread on the fire? Toast. He had fish and bread. He loves food. He's actually inviting them for breakfast. Come for breakfast. He invited them for breakfast. Go read it. But now they caught more fish. And Jesus said, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. How do they catch the fish? He told them, go right. But you know what? Jesus said, I'll treat you as if you caught it. Bring some of the fish that you just caught. They didn't catch it. He helped them to get a hold of it. But he will make you feel good as if you, so that you can think it's because you are such a good fisherman, such a good businessman. That's why you caught it. You did not. He helped you, but he will talk nicely to you as if you caught it. Did you see it there? You've never seen it before. Now you know it. Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter. There's he, again, he pops up every time. Simon Peter. Watch this. In chapter 2 of book of Acts, there's a launch. The big launch is coming. The church is going to be launched. The greatest launch the world has ever seen. The launch of the New Testament church. Holy Spirit's going to come down. And Jesus, just before the biggest launch, is focusing on a fisherman who will be the chief apostle when the launch comes. When you are prompted by the Holy Spirit, there's a launch coming. And you are involved in the launch. You just don't know it. You just don't see it. You don't understand what is the prompting of the Holy Spirit in my life all the time. It's because God sees you where you cannot see yourself yet. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land and full of large fish. Full of large fish. God will never allow you to catch sardines. That's my. And I see a sermon in every word. Get large fish, 153. I will not go into the meaning of the number. 153. And although there were many, the net was not broken. Although, the, again, they caught more fish than what the net can ha handle, but the net doesn't break. <laughs> it's God. God even messed with your nets. I know you love this. By faith, I just know you love it. 
things. I cannot hear it. I cannot see it. But by faith, I know you love this. Amen. There's a dry one. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Church, imagine. Everybody say imagine. Imagine. It's about 38 days after the resurrection. You just caught a great number of fish. Here is Jesus. He's out of that grave. It's a moment you can only hope to be part of. Jesus invited them for breakfast. And by the way, all the fish they caught that day was tilapias. It's not salmon. I'm serious. It's tilapia. Some of you are shocking now, eh? Go and study the word. It's not swordfish. Tilapia. Jesus loves tilapia. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. Oh, breakfast. Oh, when we get an invitation for breakfast or supper, oh, who can say no for breakfast? Well, if you know what's coming, you will know this is not an ordinary breakfast. When Jesus invites you for breakfast, be careful to accept the invitation because you could be the chief apostle. And he's going to have a little discussion with you at the breakfast table. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples. Verse 15, so when they had eaten breakfast, when they had eaten breakfast, breakfast is now done. And they want to go home. I think Peter want to run to his wife and say, I've got the tax money. Tell the Romans I can pay my whole tax bill. Jesus said, whoa. Smoke is going up. Fish is on the coals. Nice Texas toast. French toast. No, I think it was Galilee toast. And uh, verse 15, and Jesus, Simon Peter, uh, watch this, sitting around the fire, around the fire. Final breakfast. Final meal. Final discussion. Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of Jonah. He doesn't say, hey, you denier. Simon, uh, do you love me more than these? Love me. You see, love is the greatest power. It's not how good you can preach. It's how you can love. Simon, do you love me more? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. I think... I think Simon Peter said, wow, Whew. thank you, I've answered that one correctly. Feed my lambs, my lambs always. You see, it's, it's, it's always about the lambs and the sheep. It's always about people for God. It's about people. And I think, I think Mark and Luke sit there and they must have said, hmm, I hope he doesn't ask me a question. He came out of the tomb. This is a dangerous Jesus. He conquered hell and death. Oh, because they were afraid. They were kind of, they had respect for him. Watch this. And he said to him a second time. He's now talking to Simon. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
He said to him, tend to my sheep. I think Simon probably thought, why does he ask me the same question twice? Does he think I have a low IQ? Or did he forget that he already asked me the first question? Same question. I think he got nervous. Why does he focus on me? He didn't think, he just, he didn't think out loud. He just, I hope he asked John a question. Why don't you focus on Mark? Don't look at me all the time. What's going on with you, Jesus? Can we just get breakfast done? Can I just leave? Watch this. Verse 17. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Joe. God, please. Please, God, can you? God, why are you focusing on me? Leave me alone. God, please. He said to him, son, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He was now grieved. He said, Lord, you know all things. Lord, it's like, it's like Peter realized. <laughs> yes, I love you, but let me say this. You know all things. You know that I was a denier, and you know that I'm not good with children, and you know that I cut ears, you know all things. Yeah, I mean, Jesus said, feed my lambs. Why did Jesus ask him the love questions? Normally when we go to a Bible school those days, they will call us in. You're going to go into the ministry. How do you know that you are called? What scripture references do you have when God called you? That's how they do it in our day. They try to ask you tough questions. Not Jesus. Jesus could have said, Peter, will you deny me again? Peter, will you be bad with children again? Peter, I know your weaknesses. No, 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 he did not do that. He said, just answer these three love questions. You see, if love, if your love, your heart Love God. If, love, if you're in alignment with heaven, the rest will automatically come in line. If you really love Jesus, your whole character will come in alignment with Jesus. Peter never denied Jesus ever again. Peter always prayed. Peter always believed. He cared for children, loved foreigners. All the mishaps of the past never returned. Why did Jesus zero in on him? Because Jesus knew, this is my chief apostle. Peter did not realize this is the final questions. The good news is that Peter was even crucified upside down. Crucified upside down. When they wanted to crucify him, Peter was the one that said, if you want to crucify me, don't crucify me. With my head up, I am not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. Turn me upside down and kill me. And they turned him upside down and they killed him. Catch Peter. 
Jesus saw his past, Jesus saw his future. And Jesus said, but I will go into his everyday life, and I'm going to go with him in his boat, and I'm going to help him to pay his taxes. But that day, he will catch fish, they will catch men, but I will catch Peter. And the message to you is, let him catch you. There's many times things in my life that happened even out in our ministry. And when it happened in our ministry, I must be honest. I just said to myself, you've got me, Lord. There's things that God has done in our ministry, and when it happened, I just said, Lord, there's no way I could have done this. You've got me. If there's one thing that Naomi and I will have to admit is he messed with our boat and he messed with our nets and now we cannot get out of his grip because he will catch you where you thought you will fail. He saw two boats standing by the lake and Jesus realized somebody had a bad day. They could not make it today. Jesus said, I will use their bad experience to catch them. He caught me. Until the day I die, let it be known, he caught me. And when he catches you, <laughs> you will be amazed at where he will take you. I think when he preached on the day of Pentecost, the 3,000 came to the Lord. Peter must have thought, oh my goodness, I'm a different man now in the book of Acts. I'm a different man. Where did this start? This started amongst my fishes. And the final empowerment came when the Holy Spirit came over me. When he went to the gate and he resurrected the man, he said, my Lord, just resurrect the man, a paralyzed man. And they resurrected dead people. Their shadows fell on people and God resurrected them. Where did it happen? Oh, where did this come from? I was a denier once and I was a, a man of little faith and I was a failure. I was an irritable man. I was a man of anger. I couldn't pay my taxes. I was a mishap. And now I am writing First Peter and I'm writing to the church and I'm writing Second Peter. What's going on with me? What happened with my hand? I was the denier when the cock crows. I was the one who was guilty. But now I'm the one who inspired the body of Christ and I inspired the church. And uh, they will crucify me upside down. That's why I'm a different man. He caught me. He caught me with my own boat and the ocean. And he caught me with my own profession catching fish that I thought I'm the professional. He caught me. And I cannot get rid. <laughs> he 
You see, church, I can lay hands on a hundred people. But I rather want to talk to a hundred people and say, don't come to my hands so that I can lay it on you. Why don't you allow him to catch you in your pew? And I will never need to inspire you again. The problem is not, does he love us? In John 21, he proved to them. And as he sat there, they probably saw the wounds in his hand. It's only it's a few weeks old, the wounds, wounds. And he's sitting there, and they probably noticed some of the marks still sitting here. And they realized, man, he loves us. The love from heaven to earth is pure. Jesus said, all I want to do is make sure I get some love back from here to heaven. That's why Jesus asked three love questions. Do you love me? I already proved to you I love you. Look at my hands. Peter, you want another piece of bread? I can give it to you. And when I give it to you, look at my hands. Still raw. Peter, I came out of the death. Peter, I'm the son of God. Peter, the reason I focus on you. You will be the chief apostle when I'm done with you. But I got you between the fishes. Oh. I'm 41 years in ministry. But when I hear myself talk like that, I want to say, Catch me again. Catch me again. And I believe, and I need to end now. I believe that we are heading towards another launch. There's another outpouring of the Holy Spirit coming. There's another empowerment coming over America. And in that new launch, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God's going to raise up thousands of Peters that will go all over the globe. It's going to raise you up. And all I want to say is, Lord, thank you for breakfast. Thank you for all the tough questions and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You say this morning, catch me, Lord. Just stand on your feet as a sign that you say to him, catch me, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for the music. That's a sign from our praise team to come up. By the way, the praise team is probably the best I've seen it in many, many years. It's really good. How many of you say, Lord, catch me? You know what I pray? I pray that something miraculous will happen in your life this week. And when it happens, you will say, I know what this is. This is God's goodness that he's bringing into my life. 
I pray that God will bring something so good in your life this week that you will have to admit, this is not me. This is God allowing me to catch it so that he can catch me. When they came back to the land, I think Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, you've got me. You've got me, Jesus. Let's go. Jesus, I already gave the money to my wife. She's going to pay the Romans our taxes. Let's go. Let's go, Jesus. You got me, Lord. Jesus, we don't need to go back to the fishes. Jesus, I now have learned my lesson. That when we need money, you will, you, will, you will give us another catch at the right time. Jesus, you've got me. And I want to say to the Lord this morning, Lord, you've got Andre von Sale. I'm 41 years into this thing. But God, you've got me. You've got me, Lord. You've got me. No man has a hold of me. You've got me, Lord. Thank you for the toast. Thank you for the tilapia. But thank you for you. And Father, I pray this morning for all these men and women here. And Father, I prophesy to them. I want to prophesy to you. And I want to say, Lord Jesus, mess with their fishes. Hallelujah. Just a little bit down. Close your eyes and just a little bit down on the keyboards. Let me first pray. Thank you. Close your eyes. Say, Lord Jesus, you are incredible, amazing, breathtaking, supernatural, fantastic. You see in me potential I don't even know of. My future is in your hands. And today, I allow you to grab a hold of my life one more time. And do with me as you wish. The denier in me is now dead. The one that treated children badly, even foreigners, is now dead. The person of little faith is not alive anymore. I am transformed because in the big launch, the Holy Spirit is making me something I could never dream. Father, I pray that every man and woman in this building, when they go home today, they will know I cannot shake off the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It's not about catching Peter. It's now catch Lily, catch Susan, catch Naomi, catch John, catch Jennifer. Catch Carrie, catch Andre, 
Everybody say catch and then you say your own name. Come on, say it loud. Father, I pray that not only will you catch individuals, but today I pray catch Ravenna Assemblies of God. Today I pray, Lord, catch this gentleman with a guitar in his hand. Catch him. That the grip on his guitar will show even more. Catch the bass guitarist. Catch the drummer. Catch this lady behind the keyboard so that when people hear her music next time, they will say, there's a grip on that keyboard. The Holy Ghost got a grip on the keyboard that is different. Gary's sister, I don't know her name, his brother. I almost say, Lord, this man, his brother, please don't grab him again. Because, Lord, he's already intense. But do as you wish, God. At least I will not be here next week when he sings again. But, Lord, grab him and turn him upside down. And his sister, she's not far behind him. Lord, I pray, grab every man and woman in this place. Church, are you getting the message? Are you getting the message? Jesus did not lay hands on Peter. Jesus did not prophesy to Peter. Jesus did not preach to Peter. Jesus said, take me with you to the ocean, and I will show you what I will do with you, Peter. I will not touch you, but when I show you fishes in a new way, I will get a grip on you. And I'm saying to you, Lord, I release a blessing over this church. Lord, I release prosperity over this church. I believe prosperity over people that they will be dumbstruck by the goodness of God coming into their lives and that they will come back and say, Pastor Gary, you will not believe me what happened. God did this miracle. Now I understand the grip that Andre spoke about, the grip of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Give God good praise. I want you to turn to somebody and just say to that person, you're in the grip. Come on. Turn to somebody else that's more friendly and... Find a more friendly person and say, man, the previous guy was not that good, but I want to say to you, you're in the grip of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You must hear in my preaching, somebody's got a grip on me. You must hear when I prophesy, somebody's got a grip on me. He's got a grip on me. He's got a grip on me. He's got a grip on me. And his grip on me will show. His grip on me will show. I, 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 I think some of those disciples, when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, some of them must have said, man, this is not the same Peter. This is not the same Peter. I know the guy in the Garden of, uh, Garden, oh, Garden of Eden. No, not Garden of Eden. <laughs> Garden of Gethsemane. I know that Peter. This is not the same guy on the, uh, on, on the day of Pentecost. Gates of the temple, Acts chapter 3, this is not the same guy. No, sir, you're right. It's not the same guy. The grip of God on you 
transforms you into somebody different that the world will say, what happened with him? It happened amongst his own fishes. Okay, one more time, one more time. I need to catch a plane and I have a food appointment. <laughs> Wait, don't get excited on the guitar. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say to that person, your greatest miracle is waiting amongst your everyday hardships, your fishes. Don't laugh at the person. Say, your greatest miracle is waiting amongst your everyday challenges. And then you say to them, catching fishes. Okay, let's try it all over again. There's a spirit of disobedience here. One more time. If you don't do it now, I'm going to walk right through that door and eat my food. Say, your greatest miracle is hiding at the very spot where you had a bad day. Because that's where Jesus took him. Jesus took them back to the very place where they caught nothing. Give God praise. Now you can do some radical, up-tempo, hip-hop music. Hallelujah. No, not that. Don't do that stuff. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Father, I thank you for a catch coming the way of this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say, get ready for the launch. Come on, say, get ready for the launch. Come on, get ready for the launch. I think when Jesus walked away from that breakfast, Jesus said, Father, I'm ready to come home. I'm ready to come home. Peter is ready to preach the gospel. The disciples is ready. My Bible school students is ready. I'm coming home, my father. I'm coming home. The church is now in the hands of the disciples and the Holy Ghost. And here we are 2,000 years later, and the Holy Ghost is still working amongst us. Hallelujah. Jesus is awesome. Give God praise. Take the microphone. I'm done, Pastor Gary. Where the Spirit of the Lord is.